Good day, all listeners. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God podcast. I am Quentin, the media specialist behind Creating a Prayer Culture for God, and I just wanted to take this moment to welcome each and every one of you and thank each and every one of you all for listening in. If you're new, Creating a Prayer Culture for God is simply a podcast where we're teaching, preaching, and dissecting the Word of God and truly establishing what it is to have a prayer culture and to live a prayer culture. Um, We preach and teach the Word of God. We talk Jesus, some more Jesus, and a whole lot of extra Jesus. So I just wanted to welcome you all to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, and I truly hope that you enjoy it. And for your listening pleasure, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, you name it, it's available. So tune in each and every day for new episodes. Welcome again. to be God's people with enough spiritual information 
that it'll balance out what's going on naturally around you and you'll be able to live a victorious life because you've been well informed you can make decisions now you won't panic now you won't freak out you'll just be able to say well according to the word of god in the book of revelation chapter 14 verses 1 through 20 these are some things that god assured us was going to happen and he told john on the isle of Patmos, write these things down so we would have a record to refer to and i don't know about you i love informed of what's going on because uh, I don't want to be antsy, nervous, anxious, freaking out, going out here, putting up nine hundred sandbags, stacking them on my patio, and, you know, buying up all the generators in the store. Man, you know, I, I don't want to be freaking out, you know, trying to do all these things. And there are times when you do some of those things, but at the same time, you've got to be anchored in the knowledge of who God is and what he's saying is going to take place. And so that's why uh, we're dealing with these particular seven assurances because we want to know. And some of them <clears throat> may not have happened yet. But I know before Jesus comes back, he said, these are some assurances that you can be assured of. So even if, if, with that said, it's just good information to know to tuck away your spirit, hiding in your heart that you don't sin against God, that you don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost when these things start happening. You don't blame God. You just begin to sit back and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm already aware that these things were going to happen before your return. Amen. Thank you for revealing them to us. So let's get a heads up on this this morning by praying, checking in this morning with our Lord. Pray the Lord taught the disciples to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word and hopefully get uh, get some prayer requests and get some uh, some comments going here at the end. So let's pray. Father, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Lord, in this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt. We forgive our debt towards. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Holy Ghost, we just trust you right now to bring everything back to our remembrance that we have studied and learned and heard. And Holy Ghost, we ask you this morning for new and fresh manner, fresh revelation, fresh understanding and knowledge about what we are to expect. We want to move away from assumptions and assuming and opinions and speculation. We want to know this morning what to expect. Amen. And we trust you this morning, Holy Ghost, to lead God and direct us this morning in our thinking, our speaking and teaching this morning, and our prayer this morning. And so we just look to you this morning, you who are the spirit of truth, the third person of the Godhead body, who the Lord said is the promise of the Father that will come so that we will be able to have things brought to our remembrance that have been said to us in the Word and also to shed new light on phenomena that are going on currently that we don't clearly understand. These things have to be spiritually discerned, but we need the Word of God to teach and instruct us so we can spiritually discern what we're reading, what we're hearing, what we're studying, what we're meditating on, and in some cases what we memorize that we may have that word readily available that it might quicken our mortal minds and our spirits when that time of testing comes. And so we thank you this morning, Holy Ghost. Join us, things to come, and we give you the praise, glory, and honor this morning for being with us, paraclete, walking along with us, reminding us, giving us the ability to spiritually discern these things, especially this knowledge that we're about to receive and the vision that God is showing us from the word that we don't imagine a vain thing, but we're clearing out thinking we know exactly what's going on because we are well prepared. So we give you praise, Lord, and honor right now. We pray for every minister, every clergy, every uh, teacher, preacher that's going to be standing in the pulpit today teaching and preaching the gospel, that they teach and preach the unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of truth, that the people may know the truth and the truth might make them free. And so, Father, we thank you. You told us that, hey, who do you say that I am? We know who men say that you are, but who do you say that I am? And you said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. You are the anointed one. And you said, these things have flesh and blood not revealed to you, but only my Father. Now go feed my sheep if you love me. So, Father, we're asking for the ability this morning to feed your sheep. Lord God, fresh matter from heaven. And we give you the praise and glory and honor right now for the victory that shall come by the hearing of this word in Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen. All right, then. So we're going to the book of Galatians. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 14. And we're going to pick up this morning at verse 13. Uh, last assurance that we talked about was the assurance that the dead who die in Christ will be at rest 
and waiting for their reward, waiting to be rewarded. Now notice what I said, that's the just, okay? That's us who've been justified by faith and saved by faith through grace. Those of us, we can be assured that if I die in Christ, that's not the end. I shall live again, amen? And how I live again in the in the eternal place of, of, of salvation with God, and that in that king, that heavenly kingdom that He's going to come to earth and re, and recreate, is going to be determined by what I do right now, what choices I make right now while it's in my position to make a choice. Okay, I have choice right now made available to me by God in the garden of uh, of uh, Eden when Adam and Eve was present in the garden in the presence of the Lord. He gave them a choice. And that choice was to be applied to every breathing, living soul that was going to be born after that uh, that uh, uh, encounter they had with God. So that was the choice right there for every. The one thing that we can say we have sole possession of is our ability to choose. God gave us the right to choose. He does not force us. He does not pressure us. But he will test us sometimes to help us, to encourage us, to motivate us, to get us to make a choice. Because what most people don't know, not making a choice is a choice because you, 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 you chose not to choose. And so he put a tree there in the garden, and he told them put two trees there, and he told them one belonged to Satan and one belonged to me. And he told them the one that they could choose to eat would be fine, be a blessing. He said the other one is going to be a curse. And so it's just that simple. And so we don't have, we have to choose based on the instructions that God has given us. He said the day that you eat of that, of the forbidden out of the good and evil, you're going to surely die. Because that's what Satan does. They take what's good and try to spend to make it sound bad, take what's bad and try to spend to make it sound good. That's the danger. And he did not want them to have anything to do with that, but they made a choice too. And, and, and they paid a price. And because of that, that curse was passed on to every breathing, living soul that was going to come on this earth uh, after that. But there was a second man, Adam, named Jesus. And he came and reconciled us back to that place with God. Amen. Restored our right to choose. And now he's saying, you know, without this word, knowing what it says, let it enlighten you, you'll be right back in the same boat, making the same choice. But I've given you an opportunity now to make better choices. And he says in Deuteronomy, I have set life and death before you. I've called heaven and earth to witness against you. That the day I have set life and death before you, now choose ye life. I love a God like that. He, he don't want you to make the same mistake. So he tells you how to choose. He tells you how to choose. You know, he tells you how to choose. And if Pastor Sharon will, she'll look up that verse of scripture for me where he says, I think it's in Deuteronomy. I know it's in Deuteronomy. Uh, and I'll get that to you in just a second. But that is what he said. I've, I've called heaven and earth today to witness against you that I have set before you life and death. Now choose ye life. I love a God who always gives you the right answer, tells you how to choose. However, it's up to us to make that choice based on the word of God. Amen. And so we're going to go ahead and pick up so I don't I don't break my concentration to talk about these assurances. And she's going to bring that scripture. I'll give you that scripture so you can go see it for yourself. Uh, amen. But here we go. We're going to pick up with the assurances like uh, two of them left. So I want to review the third, the last one, uh, number uh, five that we went over the other day before uh, we ended our call. And again, it talks about uh, the dead will be at rest who die in Christ, okay? And they will be rewarded. If you die in Christ, you got to make the choice today. Amen. Get your life right. Give your life to him. Repent of your sins. You know, accept his eternal salvation. Accept your, you know, that love. Uh, that truth, that it makes you free so that just in case something happens and your life gets cut short or you have to leave here, you have to transition, you've done enough pre pre preparatory work to get yourself ready for what is to come because there is a great white throne judgment that's going to take place and we're going to have to stand before God and give him an account of all the choices we either made, we omitted making, or we committed not to make. You know, those are sins right there, the ones that we omit, the sometimes that we commit sometimes, uh, you know, for whatever reason, lack of knowledge, didn't understand, didn't, didn't weigh in the balance what was going to take place, whether there's going to be a consequence, if I did, if I didn't. A lot of times we don't weigh those things, and so people end up not making well-informed decisions about their eternal salvation. But as we can see here, he says, those who die in Christ, though you be dead, you're going to live. Amen. And so let's pick up here in verse 13 and take a look. 
lot of that has to do with our identity. We got to be able to identify with Christ Jesus through choosing him as our Lord and as our Savior. Choosing him as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Choosing him as the only Savior, our God. The only Savior, our God. And so that scripture reference I was telling you about a minute ago, it's in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, King James Bible. You know, and so it's right there. As a matter of fact, it says, verse 15, if I may take a little detour here, it says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And, you know, and it says, It is commanded, it is commanded thee this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply and that the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whithersoever thou goest. And so it's real clear right there, you got to make a choice, either life or either death. And uh, that was the scripture reference for that. But getting back to this, uh, this all comes down to our identity. Who do you identify with? Do you identify with uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? When you, when you say that, that means I accept all that he's done. I accept his death. I accept his death. This barrier. I accept his resurrection. I accept the fact that there's power in the blood of Jesus to wash away my sins and cleanse me of all my righteousness. You accept the fact that there's salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. So you accepted all that. You accepted the water baptism. I can identify with him according to the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 4. You accept the fact that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in my heart, then there I shall be saved. That if I call on him, I'll be saved. Anybody will be the standard is the same for everybody. The way is the same for everybody. You believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe all of that? Hook, sink, hook, and lie. You, you, you eat the whole thing. And there's no doubt in your mind, you're fully convinced and persuaded in the spirit of your mind that he is the savior of the world. And he came to seek and to save that with the lost. And so when you die with that knowledge right there, knowing and accepting that knowledge right there, feel your your, your spiritual foundation and house on that knowledge right there, then he says, you know, you're going to be at rest when you die and you're going to have a reward that awaits you. That's one of the assurances that he made us right there, you know. And then he goes on to say, you know, you know you're going to receive rest from your labor and you're going to receive uh, a new work anew in heaven and that work is going to be bowing before him with heaven's toast, worshiping him all the time singing holy 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 is the lord god almighty but you're going to see that lamb on the throne you're going to see the brightness of his glory and then you're going to be able to fit right in why because i'm rehearsing and practicing that now i'm choosing to worship him now as a full dress rehearsal for what i'm going to do when i get there and so listen at verse 13 what he said and i heard a voice from heaven saying unto me right this is jesus speaking to john from from his throne uh on the isle of Patmos. last or day listen to this Blessed means highly favored, fortunate, worthy to be envied. Blessed are they, amen, the dead which die in the Lord. You have to die in the Lord. All those above things that I mentioned have to be. You have to believe that book, single, and line. Which die in the Lord from henceforth. So if you haven't died in, in those things yet, then guess what? You still got a chance to get it right. Amen. Going forward, henceforth means from this time right now. Remember, today I have called heaven and earth to witness against you. I've said life and death. It begins right now for those of you out there on the, on the podcast lines that have never done it before. For those of you who did it, in fact, stay from it. From those of you who are dealing with prodigal son issues right now, and you know, son and daughter issues, you can always come back. So today is the day, though, that you got to make that decision. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, and that's talking about the Holy Spirit, capital S, they're not small S, meaning your spirit, but or the spirit of your flesh, but talking about the Holy Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. That's so important. You getting on this line at 6 o'clock in the morning, you getting on this line on Wednesday night, you getting on this line on Thursday for, for, for wisdom call, you encouraging and sharing your faith with others. That's the work that Jesus did while he was here and shared the kingdom of the Father. And he said, greater works that I did that you're going to do too. So we're going to do some witnesses because the Holy Ghost, when he comes upon you, according to the book of 
of, of Acts chapter uh, one and eight says, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall re- you shall be a witness. You're going to receive power to be a witness unto Jesus. You're going to witness. This is what John is doing right here. This conversation is going down between him and Jesus. They're having a conversation. Okay, the Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. So that Spirit that's talking to John right there is representing the Father who's on the throne and Jesus who's on the throne. They're all in collaboration. Remember, they're three in one. Okay? And so he's speaking on their behalf to John out there on the island just like he speaks to us right now. He's with us right now, Emmanuel. And so that's what he's saying right there. You know, he's saying, hey, you're only going to be able to bring your work with you. That's good information, y'all. None of this other stuff going to go with you. You know, get attached to it if you want to and feel like you can't live without it. Will not go with you. Only what you do for the Lord, according to Ecclesiastes chapter third, I mean chapter twelve, the last verse. That's the only thing you're going to be able to take with you is your good work. So what should I be doing right now, Pastor? I should be trying to do as much good work to help my fellow man, to help you know causes greater than myself right now, because that's going to account for me when I get there. Uh, verse fourteen. So let's transition right here, because now he talks about assurance number six. And he says here that there will be a glorious harvest of the godly souls that are out there right now. It's going to take place. I'm praying right now every day that when we come on this line, that the broader audience that hear us, that they will be able to make a decision based on the quality of instruction that we give them to let them know that God sent his son to die for everybody. No respect to person. No respect to person. Some people will already have determined, and I hate to say it, some clergy who gonna die and go to hell. Some of them have condemned some of our fellow clergy, my fellow pastor friends have already condemned people to hell. So they'll tell them in a minute, you're gonna die and go to hell, you know. And only God can determine that. Only Jesus can determine that because the only judge and righteousness, the only judge and what's in this book. So we have to be so careful that we don't condemn nobody to hell and we ourselves end up going there. So we have to be very careful. This is not the time right now because the man judge right now, as Pastor Eric told us, out of our First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, judge nothing before it's time because we don't know how to judge nobody. Anybody who be judging need to be judging ourselves. Need to be getting that splinter, that, that two by four out of our eyes when we try to get the one out of the middle, two pick out of somebody else's eye. We've been informed, we've been instructed. This is not a time of judgment, okay? But the Lord it is because he's testing us that belong to him to make sure our loyalty is to him, to make sure we got our business right with him. He's the only Satan. You know, he's the only one that's got a heaven and a hell he can put us in, not man. So we're not condemning nobody to hell, you know, just because they may be struggling with sin. All of us sin and fall short. All of us got to work out our own salvation and endure to the end. Ain't nobody in heaven yet. Ain't none of us going to heaven. Ain't, ain't nobody there yet. We working right now so that when Jesus comes back, we will be able to receive that reward. You know, you've been good. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you rule over many things. So we're all working the way of crown. None of us have gone there yet. So get off your, your high horse. Put, out, put away your goody two shoes. Do some good work right now. And, 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 and know what God has assured us is what's going to happen. I don't care what a lot of people say in their speculation and their assumptions. We got the gospel right here. And the Lord said in the last days, I love this, there's going to come a great harvest. But he also said there'll be a great falling away. Some people who've already been saved are going to fall away at the end because they're going to become so easy to be tricked by the adversary. You know, there is there is an adversary that's coming before Christ comes back. You know, and he's going to dress as a minister of light. He's going to sound real good, too good to be true going to deceive many, and the Bible said that'll be a season of apostasy, where apostasy will happen, where people who've been saved all their life will fall away before Jesus comes back. But then there's going to be some coming to Christ for the for the first time. He said the least of them are going to be the greatest, and the greatest of them are going to be the least of them. That's what he's talking about, you know, that there are going to be many that are going to be coming into the kingdom of God because they're going to hear this gospel for the first time. And it's going to make so much sense to them because they've been waiting to hear some good news and they can't wait to be saved. 
you know. So be very careful. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and do it to the end to be saved. So thank you for already dying with the heaven. We haven't said we're still doing some work. Amen. Because we're gonna take that good work with us. So love people. Pray for you. You know your your brothers and sisters. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do as much good as you can right now. Serve causes that are greater than oneself. Be concerned about your fellow man. Amen. Because the Lord said that that you do to the least of them, you do also to me. It's very clear what the word is telling us to do. And let God be the judge. Okay, let him test us. Let him try. Let him do that. Let him separate the wheat and the tail. Let it grow together. Somebody even let us steal right on. Somebody out there doing something else, let them do it right on. We keep preaching the gospel. That's what we do. Living the gospel. Living what we preach. Sharing the gospel. And we do it all in love and we don't compromise. We do it all in love. We do not compromise. We're not into this old adage and what people see people do wrong in the pulpit. The first thing they say, well, you know, they're just a man. But they're supposed to be a man of God. They're speaking into my life. They're teaching me things. But they ain't living nothing. They preach and teach. You know, you don't judge them. You just tell it the way it is. You don't get up there and say, well, you know, they're just a man. You know what a man to do. You know, Adam did this Stop reading all those those additional. That's not what God told us to do. If you see your brother in a standing in a fault, then you have to correct them according to the scripture. Not your opinion, not your assumption. I don't care who it is. You have to correct them according to the scripture, out of love, without compromise. You know, I use my social media platform to talk to clergy, to talk to apostles, prophets. I don't care. If I see you in sin and you're in the pulpit, some of my family members could be attending your church. I ain't doing that to try to condemn you. I'm doing that to enlighten you. The post I just put out yesterday, I hope some of you get a chance to read it. That came straight from the heart, my heart, because the Holy Ghost is in my heart. He speaks to me from within. And when he gives me a mission, I don't get caught up in, man, I can't talk to them like that. I can't say that. No, I see sin. It's my job, man, to recognize it. And, and if God tells me to speak about it, I'm going to speak about it. I don't do it to condemn nobody. If I didn't love you and didn't care about you, didn't think that you were a soul that could be condemned by God in the end, I wouldn't do nothing but just say, well, I'm going to let them old sinner die and go to hell. No. I said, Lord, give me something to say. And he word my mouth. And I send it out there, man, for whosoever will. He told me, look, if you don't do it, I'll get somebody else. You say you a man of God preaching and you're trying to deal with you preach, you better share it. Because they're souls to me. That's all the Lord sees. He don't see he sees souls. He said all souls are mine. And he who wins souls is wise. So that's my own objective when I post up. I'm trying to get people, man, to take a look and see the error of their ways according to the scripture. Examine themselves and check it out. You know. And then if they make a change based on they've been informed of something, good. More power to them. If they don't Feel good. They had a chance. I leave the judging up to God. Amen. All right.
you know. And you want to be assured. You want that blessed assurance. And that's what he's doing. So I'm excited because there's a harvest that's coming in right now. I'm praying to the God of the harvest that he sent forth labors into the vineyard. I'm talking about those people I was addressing yesterday in my text who are not gathering the harvest, who are not putting that sickle in. They're not looking out on the field like the Lord said, look and see that the harvest is white with plenty, but plenty, of, but the labor's a few. So I'm praying that the Lord will raise up more laborers. You, some of you could be a part of that labor force. You know, you have the word of life. You can share, share with people. You don't have to condemn them, but you can tell them that God loves them too and that his son also died for them and he wants to save them, you know. And so, and so you know, he says, hey, that, 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 that harvest out there, man, is out there, but the labor's a few. Pray to the God of the harvest that he sent for a place. That's our corporate prayer this morning. That's our corporate prayer this morning. That there will be laborers that will labor, do that good work, that we can take it with them. Share your faith. Don't be ashamed. Now, don't go force no issue. You know, don't go try to force no issue. Don't go on your job, talk no Bible and say, hey, y'all, come on and break here. I'm going to have Sunday school or Bible study. Don't go to the Don't lose your job behind that. But if you get a half a chance, you know, sometimes a smile starts a conversation. Sometimes being joyous and happy and smiling starts the conversation. And people want to know, what you smiling about this morning? Oh, I've been on the prayer card the line. I heard a word this morning. What was it? What was it causing all that joy? You know. And so your countenance sometimes says a lot of things about what's going on on the inside. So think about all those things. And then ask God, God, I want to be used by you. I want to be a mouthpiece for you. I want to be a vessel that you can work through. And then wait on him. Don't go right out there getting ahead of him. Amen. But he wants good work to come come out of us who are supposed to be doing it anyway, living the victorious life. So we know that there is a harvest right now that's coming in these in these last days, these end times. He already said that there is a harvest that's coming. Look at verse 14. He says, and I look, we got to look and see that there's a harvest, but look in the word, look in the perfect law of liberty. He said, and I look and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one that like Unto a son of man, having on, having on, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. So he's letting you know right there that the son of man right now is in the saving business like never before. Now this is a spiritual vision that he's telling you to get. Now listen to me. You will not be able to see God like you see another man. You have to see him as a spirit. Okay? He's an angelic spirit, okay? And they have no form, they have no shape. But look in the Word and see it in the Word and imagine what it's saying right there in the Word, okay? Don't try to go outside of the Word to try to envision what he looks like. You know, I'm satisfied right now. I can picture him riding on the cloud. I can picture him with that golden crown on just like the word describes them. If John can look up and see that, why can't we as believers look up and see that and be satisfied with that? Don't get into trying to overthink that. Don't get into trying to put your twist and spin on it. Just get into believing and accepting that this is what John saw. Now we see it the way he saw it. And that ought to be enough right there. He said he had a golden crown. But I love the part where he said, look, he put in his sickle. In other words, he's telling you, I am the only way for people to be saved. However, he works through us. Just like he's working through John to write this, he's going to work through us to gather that harvest. Why? We're the laborers. But he's the one that's in charge of all of it. He's the husband man. And he says, I came for but one reason. That's the seeking to save. Guess what? He has not changed. Here it is in the end days when men need to be saved. He said, look, see me. See me high and lifted up. See me on that cloud. See me right now. I'm standing over all of creation on that crowd, cloud, and I'm going back and forth seeking my word. Where is my word being preached? Where is my word being told? Where is my word being spoken in love without compromise? He's looking for places to gather souls to the kingdom for the great marriage feast that's coming. He's the God of the universe. He can stand on the clouds. He can be wherever he want to be because he's all present. He's all powerful. There's no place where God is not. Remember, um, uh, David said, where can I go from your presence? He said, if I ascend all the way up above the heavens, you're there. If I descend all the way below Hades down in hell, you're there. He said, there's no place I can go out of your presence. And John is in the same boat. 
John is on the Isle of Patmos physically, but Jesus bids him in the fourth book of Revelation to look up, don't look down. And when he looked up, this is what he saw. He saw one sitting on the throne. Was he physical? No, it was spiritual. He was caught up in the spirit. And this is why we tell people you've got to have the Holy Spirit to be able to discern these things that God is saying to us. I can discern this because I got the Holy Ghost. I'm not looking to physically see him yet. I will see him the way he is when he comes because in that seventh trump, we're going to be automatically out of these physical bodies that we still alive, and we're going to be in spiritual bodies. And then we'll see him the way he is. Well, we'll be just like him. But not like that now. So we have to use the word to be that lens that we see him through and be assured of what he's saying. Because it's taking place spiritually, not taking place naturally until we activate what he's, what he's telling us. We're the soul winner. We're the one that encourages people. He's behind it all because he's motivating us. He's giving us the ability. He's giving us the, the, the audience to do it. He's giving us these 40 platforms right now. He's giving us this, this broader view of what's going on out there in the world. There are those listening to us right now. But see, Jesus is the one that's in charge of it because he's the Savior. And he's given us his spirit right now to remind us. When I look in his word, I'm reminded that God is with me right now, the Holy Ghost. He's inside of me right now. And he's given me power to be a witness. So I can see what he's saying right there. The more I witness, the more that sickle that Jesus has given to save people. That, that, that's an instrument or a tool that he gives us to be able to win souls. So picture it like this. We have the good news of the gospel. We have 66 books. See it as the tool that God has given you to win souls. That's his sickle. He's banking on the preaching and teaching of the gospel to gather those souls. Okay? And so I, I see the vision. Amen. I see the harvester, which is God's son. Why? He said, because you plant, I've given you seed to the sower. You plant some water. And they're one and the same. Don't try to figure out which one I'm doing. Just know that you're either planting or you're either watering what has been planted by somebody else. Or it could be you planted, watering your own seed that you planted years ago. But he said, I'm the one who gives increase. That's the point he's trying to make right here. Nobody comes except I draw them. But if you lift up my name in the earth before people, before men, I will draw by loving kindness. I'll draw all of them to myself. That's what he's telling you right there. See me that way. See me as the great harvester. You know, you are the laborer. I'm the husband man. I own the vineyard. I own the world. It belongs to me. They that dwell there on it. Gold, silver, it all is mine. That gold and the silver is mine. Everything. Cal of a thousand years. You know, I would gather it. I would gather it. I'm the great harvester. But I want to work through you, my laborers in the earth. You know, and labor until I come. Gather until I come. And I'm giving increase right now. There's a great harvest that's coming in right now. Some people from being on these calls all over the world that have never heard the good news of the gospel, based on the increase in the data that we keep getting from Quentin and Pastor Eric, somebody out there, man, is eating this up. Somebody out there is making drastic changes in their walk, in their life, and they're getting saved. And why? God gives the increase. We plant, we water, but God gives the increase. This word goes out according to Isaiah 55 and 11. It is not coming back for it. Believe me. We might not see it with our physical eyes, but we just got to know it by the word. We see it in the word. He's telling us right there in that verse. Okay, let's go a little further there. He says, it will come. He will come on a white cloud. Uh, he will wear a golden crown, and he will have a sharp sickle, that ability, man, to gather that harvest in the end. I believe it might be going down already, y'all. I believe there are people right now, if they could actually see him on that cloud, they would know right now what's taking place in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls, in their spirit. That's him drawing them. We're lifting up this good news. They're hearing it. They're seeing it. Things are changing. Things are happening all the time around them. Some people are back against the wall. They done ran out of answers. There's no more people they can turn to to help them. And so some people are turning to the Lord for the first time. I believe that with all my heart. I believe there's more people getting saved today than we've seen lately. And so let's go a little further. Look at verse 15. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him 
that sat on a cloud, thrust in thy sickle, and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. He's telling us right there, man, people are just out there ready right now looking for answers, looking for something that is substance. They're not, they don't want religion like they used to have. That, that, they want that pure, that pure, pure religion. You know, where, where where the elderly can be saved, where the widows can be saved, where the poor, the homeless, the, the disadvantaged, the underserved, those people, man, who have put their trust and confidence in these worldly systems of government, education, you know, religion, uh, economy, and it has failed them. And their situation has become dire straight, worse than what it was before. And those systems have no answer. People are, are, are losing it right now because... They don't know where the stimulus check is at. They paid in. Some folks right now don't want to go back to work. And they're telling them you don't have to come back to work. They still got to eat. So where is this help going to come from? The Bible said if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll add all these things to you. That if you look to him for the heal, Psalm 46, that he'll be a very present help in the time of trouble. So you got to see this thing is conditioned, you know, for that harvest to come to Christ. So that we might find out that God will take care of us. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to abandon us just because man did. We should have put all that trust in them and in the systems of this world anyway. Because he's a heaven earth. It's going to fail you. It's going it's to pass away. Then what you going to have? My word will not pass away. Stand on my word. Put me in remembrance of my word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Almighty God. I do believe as a minister of the gospel that this is one of those testing times, just like he tested Israel back there when they put all their confidence and trust in all of them surrounding great armies and great leaders around them because they had big armies, you know. And they failed them, and the Lord said, I, you provoked me to jealousy. So he used a whole nation of Babylonians to put them in captivity to teach them a lesson. One lesson did all that to get them to turn their heart back toward him and to teach man that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I got a suspicion here that the same thing is taking place now because we have drifted so far from him. We rejected him. We've taken prayer, praying his name out of the equation. You don't want him in the Bible to be in public or in school systems. And We just have took all that away from us, and that's the foundation. We've used, we're using legislation to tell us how to pray. You cannot pray in that name. You got to represent everybody. But Jesus Christ did represent everybody. So why can't I pray in the name of the one who does represent everybody, who died for everybody? He said, whatever you, your hands find to do, do it all in his name to the glory of God. And so these systems are failing us, but he's saying, look, I don't change. I don't fail. I win. I'm Christ. I'm the Christ. I'm the son of the living God. I'm the Messiah. I'm the anointed one. I will destroy this yoke off of mankind. But you got to turn to me. You got to speak me. You got to know my will for you. And that'll make you free. And if the son sets you free, you're free indeed. John 8, 32, 36. And then Paul said to the Galatian church in Galatians 5 and 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ made you free and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Don't go back under those systems. Don't, and when you say don't go back under them, don't put all of your confidence and trust in no man-made system. His government, or there'll be no end. Of his government, there'll be no end. Of his government, book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Of that government, there'll be no end. God has a way of doing things. Seek God's way of doing things. Matthew 6, 33, the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What he's saying there, seek the way I do things, and all these things will be added unto you. What things, Lord? The basic necessities of life. You will have food on your table. You will have a roof over your head. You will have clothes on your back. You will have food and water and, and, and things to drink. God, I will take care of you. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am the good shepherd, and I will take care of my lambs. I will take care of my sheep. They will go in and out by me, by me, and find pasture. That means plenty because the blessings of the Lord make us rich, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. And the Lord himself added no sorrow. Proverbs 10, 22, it spells it out for us. He wants total dependence, reliance, trust, 
confidence and assurance and belief in him. He is the good shepherd. He is the Lord, the good shepherd. And we shall not want for any good or beneficial thing. There's some assurances there. All those verses assure us that he is our hope. You know, he has promised us a future and a hope. He's promised us an expected end. And poverty, broke, busted, disgusted is not it. He said, beloved, I wish above all things. The book of John 3, uh, 3, 3 John verse 2 there, chapter 2 there. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou wouldest prosper and be in health. Listen to this. As your soul prosper. This is soul food right here. This is good for the soul that we're doing this morning. Every morning. Every Wednesday. Every Thursday. You're feeding your soul right now so that you can prosper, so that your weight can prosper, so that you know the promises of God, so that you hold on to those promises. You confess those promises. You shout those promises at those calamities when they come. I wore cancer out because I told the cancer, you are a curse of the law. But according to Galatians 3.13, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. I called it out. Now it's gone. But if I didn't know that scripture, I would not know that every disease in the book is a curse of the law. But Jesus Christ came and redeemed us, shed those, those 39 stripes on his physical body for my physical healing and shed his blood so that all my sin can be washed away. I wasn't shouting, oh my God, I can't believe, uh uh-uh. I shouted the word at him. And so let's go a little further here, man. There is a harvest coming, you know. Lord going to make sure of that. Verse 15, it says, And another angel came out of the temple, crying a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap. For the harvest is in the earth is ripe. So he's telling you right there, where's the harvest taking place? Those lost souls, those backsliders, those prodigal sons and daughters, those apostates who are falling away, who want to love God, and those heretics. You know, he's saying right there, it's in the earth. That's where the harvest is at. Okay? And there's an angelic cry coming from heaven saying to us that the harvest is ripe and the time for reaping has come. This is the time for soul winning right now. Hear that angelic voice speaking to us. Hear that angelic voice speaking to us. That another angel came out. In other words, God is constantly sending us reminders. He's constantly speaking to us. You might be an angelic voice for the Lord. I might. We don't know. We don't know. But we know that there's angelic voices speaking to us right now. And he's telling us your harvest is in the earth. Not out of this world, it's in this world. Let's go to verse 16. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in the sickle on the earth, that's the Lord now, and the earth was reaped. So the harvesting is going to take place. If God don't use us to do it, it's just like yesterday when I was putting that text out there, I heard the Lord so clear that if not you, I'll find me somebody else. You don't want to be my voice? He said, ain't no big deal. I'll find me somebody else. And I said, no, Lord, I'm going to do it. He said, because you have no fear. You have no fear. Because God did not give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So I was able to write what he told me, just like he told John, write. He told me yesterday, write. And then when I got through writing, it was a struggle for me to hit sin. I had to go back and read it a few times to make sure that this is really what I want to say, because I'm looking at a whole lot of flashbacks. People are going to be complaining. I'm going to get called from pastors, going to want to challenge me, want to get into a debate, an argument. And Lord said, no, you let me worry about that. I'll take care of that. You be my voice right now. I'll take care of your enemy. I'll take care of those. I'll take care of all that. And I launched it. And so far, you know, everything seems like people have been blessed by it. But ain't coming back for it. Let's go a little further here. So he's saying the harvesting will take place in the earth. Believers are the ones who are going to be taken out of the world to be with the Lord forever. We don't have to worry about it. We, we're securing our place in eternity by doing what God told us to do. We will be taken out with him. Okay? We will be taken out with him. Be, be rejoicing because your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're going to go back to be with him. Even if you die in Christ in the process. 
Some people are dying right now defending the gospel in other countries, other places, even here sometimes. It's just part of our faith, part of our destiny. But let God determine how he takes us out. You know, let's go. Verse 17, we're talking about the last assurance here. And that's assurance number seven, that the terrible harvest of the ungodly will also take place. Just like we just read in 16, he's going to take us up out of here. But look at what he said about the terrible. That, that's going to be a harvest too. Remember the wheat and the tab, let it grow together, I'll separate. You see the separation taking place. That's an assurance right there in this verse. Let me, let me read it to you so you'll know. He's talking about this assurance right here is that the terrible harvest of the ungodly will take place. Look at verse 17. Okay. He says, and another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. All this instruction coming down from heaven. Same God, same Lord, okay, same one on that cloud. He says, and he also, having a sharp sickle, and another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud voice, a, a cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth. Those people who put their trust and confidence in the earth, okay, they're in the world, they're of the world. He said, For her grapes are fully ripe, 19, and the angels thrust in the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into a great winepress of the wrath of God. Now, that's the ungodly. That's the fate of the ungodly. That's the future of the ungodly who continue to sin, who continue to steal, who continue to lie, who continue to be unfaithful, who continue to reject God, who continue to practice unrighteousness, evil, and wickedness in this world. They're of this world, giving in to the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. They're going to have to deal with the right, with the, with the wrath of God. We would have already secured our place when we read in verse 16. Because we're gathering up. We're working for the Lord. We made our mind. We made our decision. We made our choice. We chose life. But look at what's going to happen to all those who choose not to. The wrath of God is coming on them. Verse, uh, let's go to verse uh, 20 here. Look at what he says. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the uh, horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furloughs. And so this is kind of like way, way down the road, but we don't know how far down the road. This is kind of like the Armageddon that the Bible talks about going to take place. It's going to be so much bloodshed of those who have rejected him in the streets when that angel began to move. If you remember, what did the Lord tell Moses? Moses, tonight the death angel is going to pass over. Get all of my people inside the house. Put blood, take hyssop, dip it in the blood of the lamb, put it on the doorpost and the sideboard, and when I see the blood, I will pass over. This kind of blood right here is going to be the blood of those who got traded, trampled on the foot when God moves in the second coming. All those unsaved. And he said, before that happens, there's going to be great turmoil in the street. There's going to be great wars that are going to break out. People are going to turn against each other. There's going to be great murder, great bloodshed. Look how, look how much blood he said is going to be shed. This is what happens without Christ. People turn on each other. You got this, some of this stuff going on right now in some other countries. War is going on. People killing Christians. Missionaries are dying. You can see that bloodshed beginning to rise without Christ. That's all he's saying, that without me, you're going to have terrorists. You're going to have people take assault weapons and shoot their fellow man. That blood is going to begin to rise if we don't begin to witness for Christ and let people know this is not the love of God. This is what happens when your heart waxes colder against him. He wants to draw by loving kindness. Some people are trying to eliminate by guns and, and, and knives and war and all of that stuff. <clears throat> that's not God. That's, that's the evil and the wicked that are out there doing these things. Not God's people. That's not God's way. And he said that bloodshed is going to going to continue. That's why we got to get busy winning the harvest, telling people about the love of God. But we don't want that bloodshed to show up in my town, your town. He said, but in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1, if I can find me one righteous person in the city that'll cry out to me and stand on the wall and pray, 
then I'll spare the city. I'll bring peace in the city. Abraham caught this. Remember all that bloodshed in Sodom and Gomorrah because of all that sin that was going on? It's becoming legal in this country too, y'all. We're allowing things that's an abomination to God to take place. You know no good can come out of it unless they change their mind and turn back to Jesus. And he said the days in the end when we see but we see him coming, it's going to be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. That bloodshed. A lot of it's going to be done because God is going to come with his righteous indignation and judge. Some of it's going to be done by men to, 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 to men. It's all right there. You got to see it. These are things that are sure that are going to happen, and some of them are happening right now. And the only safe place is in Christ Jesus. Getting it right now while you have the choice. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for these assurances that you've assured us that there will be a harvest. And you will harvest the good and you will harvest the bad. And you will separate. You will deal out what is necessary, punishment and reward. You said you're bringing your reward with you. We read in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. And so, Father, we look to you this morning to also finish in the battle for our faith. And we pray all those lost souls out there right now that don't know Jesus Christ. We're praying that they would turn to you right now before your appearance. We pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for those backsliders who are backslid, going back into the world. You said you're married to the backslider, Jeremiah 3.15. So we're praying for the backslider to be drawn back to you right now in this hour. We're praying for the prodigal sons and daughters who left their father's house, left the church, Lord, and have gone out here in the world to try to explore life on their own without any wisdom and knowledge and understanding of what, God, you're saying to us right now. And so, Father, we're praying for those prodigal sons and those prodigal daughters who are out there in the big pens of life right now. And, Lord, they could lose their life out there and die and be separated eternally from you. But we're praying right now that they'll come to their right mind and make an intelligent decision that I'm going back to my father's house where there was love and where there was peace and where there was joy, that we may celebrate them upon their return and not condemn them. And so, Father, we just give you the praise for and honor right now. We're praying, oh, Lord God, for those that have hardened their heart towards you, that even right now their hearts will be turned into a heart of flesh and they can feel the pain and the suffering that they're causing their loved ones who are back home praying for them, that they'll return back home. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus that that hard-hearted son will turn his heart back toward his father and the father back toward the son and vice the brother with the mother and the daughter and the daughter to the mother. We're praying right now for that great harvest that is out there waiting for the sickle to be put in and gathered. Father, we're praying in the name of Jesus that the day will be a day of salvation. The day will be a day that men and women choose life. Because, Father, you say you have set before us, Lord God, life and death. Now choose ye life. We're praying that they will get it right right now. They'll make a decision right now, you know, that Jesus could appear any minute. And if I'm not prepared, if I'm not ready, then there will be a great separation. And I will be told to depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I knew you not. When you had a chance on earth, you rejected me. Now I'm going to deny you before my father. Father, we're praying that that be not the fate of anyone on representing on this line. We're praying that their entire household would today, Lord God, be declared that they would serve the Lord. As Joshua declared, as for me and my house, Joshua 24, 15, the book of Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, as for me and my house, we would serve the Lord. I pray today in the name of Jesus that this message is resonating with people right now, that there are some things that are sure to happen. And, Lord, not all of them are favorable to the ungodly, but it can be if they will make a change today, God, and be a part of that harvest that you're trying to gather in the end. You told us the faith, Lord God, of the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous, the faithful and the unfaithful. And, Father, we will that not to happen to anyone. So we're praying right now that the choices that people make right now, it would be to put them in right standing with you. It would be to accept the gospel as it's being heard today, God, and they'll make a decision. Let the gospel free them because it is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe. But how can they believe, Father, except they hear? And how can they hear except there'll be a preacher that will preach the unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God? You want us to know the truth. And Jesus, you came to save, and you're still saving today. You're still at the right hand of the Father, making an atonement. I, high priest, and assessor. There's still life for the flesh in the blood of Jesus. And so we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that if this message goes out, Father, over these platforms in these different countries, we're praying, God, you who speak a universal language, that right now conviction is coming on hearts that are hard right now. 
dumb Lord God are questioning you and saying, why God let all of this happen in my country? Why God let all of this happen in my village? Why God let all of this happen in my nation? And so, Father, we understand that your judgment, there's justice in your judgment. Because you're not trying to destroy us, you're trying to save us. And so, Father, we declare today that you are the Savior of the world. We declare today, Lord God, that you're able to forgive sins, cleanse of all unrighteousness, that we'll just turn to you and trust you and ask you for forgiveness. You said, I'm faithful and just to forgive those who ask me. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things can become new. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the harvest that is plenty, but we thank you for the labors that are going out right now to gather the harvest. We thank you for this imagery that you use today to, to speak a word to us, Lord, as the angels are constantly going out, the angelic voice is constantly speaking from heaven, putting in the circle, grabbing up, constantly reminding us that this is harvest time, this is Jesus' time. Give them 
And that's, and again, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Amen. Amen. Verses 19 all the way to the end of the chapter. I gave you some previous verses, but uh, that's, that's, the, that's the culmination right there of what the Lord is saying. So take heed to the word of the Lord. You know, go check it out. Examine it for yourself. All of those listeners out there, we pray and hope this morning that you have been put in a better position to make a choice this morning that's going to affect and impact you, your family, eternally. Living your life today. Start today. Henceforward. Living your life today in light of eternity. Don't put off with tomorrow. Do it today. Because tomorrow is not promised. What is your life? It is a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. It's like a puff of smoke. Boop, and it's gone. And then you got to wait for the, for the judgment. Make sure you do everything possible right now while it's your choice. Be sure that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. We've given you all the tools that we can give you to be able to be a part of that harvest that Jesus is going to gather to spend eternity with him. And not to be a part of that harvest is going to be separated because of your unrighteous deeds and acts that you fell or you omitted accepting him, using him. Do a choice right now. You can either choose him on his terms or reject him on your terms. But there will be consequences. It's either reward or punishment. That's what awaits us. Be assured of it. The word just told us. Just showed us. We saw it. We heard it. Right now, the, the sickle of God is gone out. The voice of heaven has spoken. It's harvest time. The earth is ripe with plenty. Maybe in your family, maybe in my family, maybe on your job, maybe in your community. We don't know. The Lord said, if I can find one righteous person in the city that will stand on the wall, that will get the message out, will let people know, that will pray, then I'll spare the city. I'll save the city. All right, then we're going to end right there. We went over a little bit, but this is so good. I wanted to close out with a bang. These assurances, we covered all seven of them. And so to God be the glory. Amen. All right.